Woo, can I get a big amen? Hallelujah. Don't anybody tell Dr. Babuti that I walked. <laughs> Hope he's not watching. I have, a, I have a doctor's appointment on Friday. It'll be, what, 10 weeks? I'm hoping he'll tell me I can start walking. Then I'm going to step up and walk and act like it's a miracle. Woohoo! Won't tell him I've already been doing that a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes you just get tired of hopping. Anybody tired of hopping? Thank God, uh, by his stripes we're healed. But anyway, I, I, I'm not walking much. Hadn't put much pressure on it, but we're thanking the Lord for all the prayers. And uh, God's doing a good thing. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get healed and recovered, and, and uh, then I'll do it all over again on the other one. Fun, fun. I liked it so much. I want to do it again. <laughs> uh, you know what? We, I, I want to talk to you today. Um, a lot of, lot, lot of, lot of people are struggling. Uh, now, today, uh, I, I was preaching a message uh, because I, I've been talking about this forever, and uh, I just, I, I, I want to set you free from religion. I need you out of uh, performance mode. Because performance mode is what has got us to what I'm going to talk about today. So I changed my plans. I'm not preaching that message today. Maybe next week. Uh, I'm glad I changed my mind because everybody's not here that needs to hear it. <laughs> uh, they're probably outperforming. Uh, but I need you to be here next week. I'm going to try to preach that next week. And so I need you to be here. It will probably be the most important message that I've ever preached. It's the most important topic. It's, it's just, if you get this revelation... Uh, it will change your Christian walk. It will change your life. How you feel, how you live. Uh, but, the performance mode, when you feel like that you've got to live up, you've got to perform for others, for God, for, for, for whatever, and, and, and we all do it. It starts as a kid, and, and, and it's encouraged. It's not really taught. It's just caught. But because of that, no one can live up to the standard that the world has set and religion has set. And because of it, we fall and we fail, which brings us to what I want to talk about today. Because Wednesday night, we talked about... I had, I had people... We, we sat in a circle... And we talked about David saying, Why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? Why, why, why is my soul so disquieted within me? We begin to talk about depression. And just ask in that group that was here of those that were here Wednesday night, how many in the last month or so have felt feelings of sadness, of discouragement, of, of just all those that go with it? And you know what? It was everyone. And I would venture to say, if I ask you to raise your hand today, and I'm not, how many of you have been having some feelings of oppression and depression and sadness? and We have feelings of anxiety and panic attacks and uneasiness and insomnia and things that from your past are bothering you and your future is bothering you and performance mode in religion causes all of that that's why it's so important that you be here next week because we need to be set free from that But today, I want to deal with some of these things. I want us to, I, I want to talk to you today about encouraging yourself. 
Now, I, I, I know if some of you, if you haven't been here a while, if you watch it online, you need to go back the last two weeks and listen to the message on He Knows Your Name. And listen to last week on It's Not For Me To Understand. When we begin to realize that God knows us, He knows when we sit down and when we get up, He knows when we came into this world and He knows when we leave and He knows our name. And we don't have to understand everything. That in itself is going to help you feel a little bit better. So many feel alone. They feel like they're forgotten. No one cares about them. We have a lot of people that that get older and unable to come anymore. There's many that just need some extra... A, a, a phone call, a visit, a, a text. Sister Anna Bastundas is going to be, and she's already, she has been. She's not going to, she has been. Visiting some people and calling some people and helping minister uh, for us. If you would like a home visit, now I already, I already said this to some other people, I'm going to say it publicly. They'll love to come read the Bible to you, pray with you, sing a song with you. They do not do dishes. They don't fold clothes. They don't clean house your house. Okay? That's not what it's about. But if you need a home visit, if you need somebody to talk to, and pastors, if we're not available, and I've kind of been down here for ten weeks, but I'm getting back up. Thank you, sir. Then please let us know. And Sister Anna and some of the ladies that uh, will be helping her and going with her. Uh, it may be just be a phone call. You just may need to talk to somebody. Maybe you need someone. Uh, maybe you, you are unable to come physically. Uh, and you need, you'd love to have someone just come and sit with you and read some scriptures and pray with you. Please let us know. Send us that message. And uh, uh, we, we will be doing that. Because we want to... You know what? It's important... That we're not just reaching those here, but we're reaching those at home that can't get here. So I want to talk to you today a little bit about all of this and what's going on in our mind. Because you see, everyone faces disappointment. As you're going to find out next week, even God Himself. We're going to look at God's redemptive plan and His pattern. And God Himself went through some things, some disappointment. Things didn't go quite the way he planned or thought. Or I don't know, I think he might have known. But we look at the pattern of what happened, and we'll find the exact same pattern in our life. His creation didn't go quite the way everything we thought should have went. Things don't always go in our life like we think they go. Your job, your marriage, your children. We all have these grand plans, but life doesn't always work out the way we plan. So disappointment comes, discouragement comes, which leads to depression, anxiety, fear, worry, stress. And some, everyone experiences it, but some manage it better. Some are able to get over it quickly. Others succumb to it and give up. That's not what we want you to do. Just let me go ahead and tell you the very end of the story. Don't give up. Keep going. So in, in, the, in the season of, uh, of COVID and, and stress and things shutting down and jobs closing and businesses closing and, and, and money issues and, you know, no matter what the situation is, no matter if it's been family, if it's been business, if it's been health, whatever it's been, you're where you're at today and God is with you. You're not forsaken. You're not forgotten. You're not abandoned. 1 Samuel, chapter number 30. I just want to read uh, to you a little bit of this story. And then we're going to glean some things from this today. 
And it came to pass when David and his men had come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. There's some of you that are there today. You've wept until you can't weep anymore. You've You've gone through all the gamut of emotions and you just left emotionally drained and tired and weary and almost hopeless. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam and the Jezreelite and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters, every person sad, depressed, discouraged, angry, Looking to take out their frustration on someone else because of what had happened to them. They're out fighting for David. They're out fighting the battles. And they come home and their town had been burned. Their children, their wives, their stuff, everything taken and gone. And they sat down and they wept until they could weep no more. Some of you know what that's like. They showed up on the third day. Wasn't it the third day that Jesus rose from the dead? Wasn't it the third day that that big fish spits Jonah out on the on the sea, on the, the shore? Wasn't it three days that Esther fasted and prayed and had favor with the king? You see... Most times the enemy wants to hit you right before a great victory. Right before a great miracle. Right before God is about to do what He's promised to do. Right before you're about to step into your destiny. The devil wants to do anything and everything he can to destroy you. To discourage you. To kill you. And we see chapter 29, David going to fight the Philistines. And he's out fighting the battle. And then chapter 30, remember, Saul has been chasing him all this time, trying to kill him. He was anointed to be king when he was a teenager. But then Saul was jealous because of the anointing on David. And he began to try to kill him. And now David's been running these years. And all these men that were depressed and distressed and in debt and wanted... He had a motley crew with him. But they had been winning battles and David had been leading them and they had been seeing the anointing on his life. And God knew what was about to happen and the enemy knew. So he, this last ditch effort to, let's destroy their homes. Let's get personal. Let's take their wives and their kids. Their stuff. And now these great men of valor. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter what a great warrior you are. It doesn't matter how great and mighty, how strong. It doesn't matter how much money. It doesn't matter any of that. Amen. When all of a sudden you've lost everything in a moment. They sat down and they wept until they could weep no more. Then they got angry. And they blamed David. It's your fault. We've been following you. We're going to kill you. We're going to stone you. So what do you do when... 
Not only you have lost everything, he lost his two wives and his children. He lost everything just like them. But now even they turned on him. Sometimes even your closest friends, even those who fight in battle beside you, will turn to stab you in the back. But in chapter 30, Saul was wounded and took his own life. And this was, a, this was about to be a season of victory for David. David was fixing to ascend from being a fugitive to being the king of Israel. And the devil couldn't stand to let him have that victory. I've got to... I've got to do something. I've got to step in. I've got to discourage. I've got to, I, I've got to mess up the plans. I, I've got to uh, cause him to give up. I've got to cause him to quit right before his greatest victory. You see, the enemy, if he can't even, if he can't get you in a failure, he'll get you in victory. You've got to be careful. Sometimes... Right after your greatest victory, after your raise and promotion and new job and new baby and new this and new that, all of a sudden, you, every, what you've been praying and believing and hoping happens. Woo! It's a victorious day. Sometimes when you're on that mountaintop experience, do you understand? The mountain's like this. And if you're on the mountaintop, there ain't but one way to go. From those, and, and you can't live up here. How many knows you can't live on the mountaintop all the time? It, it, it's rocky. There, there's no vegetation. There's no water. There, there's nothing. I mean, we have those experiences where we're high and we look out and we see what's coming. But then it's in the valley where the water flows. It's through the valley times that you learn and you gain strength. And it's where you can plant your garden. Amen. The mountaintops are their great experiences. But they're just to give you a view of the future. Elijah. I mean, he had his greatest victory of his ministry. Man, he called all those prophets of Baal up. He called fire down out of heaven. Fire came down, lapped up the, the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, all the water. It was miraculous. They killed all the servants of Baal. Then we find Elijah under a tree in the wilderness, praying and asking God to kill him. Tell you, you can go from high to low quickly circumstances in life situations can take you from sadness to joy to sadness again so here's David and his men they're hobbing everything lost David said But I will bless the Lord. Everybody say, I bless the Lord. When they attacked Ziglag and they burned it with fire. Amen. God, David said, I bless the Lord in the fire. Whatever they, they've done, the purpose of the fire is not, not to destroy you. Troubles and trials and problems didn't come to destroy you. It came to refine you. It came to show you your impurity. Sometimes in trouble, we see who we really are. Next week, we'll find out. And when you're in performance mode, and you find that out, man, you get really down. But God, we got to understand who we are and where we are. When we, we get down, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got cast in the fire. But the fire didn't burn them because the Lord was there. You're through, you're going through the fire. But can I tell you, you're not going through it alone. You're not going through your sadness, through your depression, through your discouragement. You're not going through that divorce. You're not going through that job loss. You're not going through that pain of loss. You're not going through it alone. 
He's with you. They took all the, the captives. They took all the women, all the kids. They did all that. It seemed hopeless. You know, it, it, was, it was amazing. I was reading this, this, this morning. Uh, and I don't have time to, to really preach it to you. But Abigail was one of, of David's wives. And uh, chapter, read, read, read 1 Samuel chapter 25. Just read 1 Samuel chapter 25 when, when you get home. See this story. Because they, they didn't kill anybody. And I, I think Abigail might have had something to do with that. Because one time David, and, and basically the story, David's going to go kill her husband because he had uh, didn't do what he's supposed to do. And they were there. They protected. He, you know, pretty much just, I don't care who you are. And David said, okay, come down here and kill you. Take all your stuff. And uh, his wife heard about it, Abigail, and she ran out and fell on her face before David. And she took gifts and she took all the, and she said, please have mercy on my husband. You know, he's an idiot. Basically, read it for yourself. She is pleading his case. And David calms down and says, Okay, for your sake, I won't come down and kill him and destroy everything. She goes back home. He's having a big old drunken party. He's drunk as a skunk. So she says, Well, I guess I won't tell him now because he won't remember anyway. The Bible says after all the wine had wore off, he woke up the next morning. She told him what happened. Basically, he said he became, he became a stone. Sucker had a heart attack. Scared him to death. Pretty much. And then, a few days later, the Bible says the Lord smote him and killed him. And then David sent word. You know that woman? That, that woman's got some guts. She came out here to a group of 400, 200 to 400 men out here... Bringing gifts, she fell on her faith, and, and you know that—that's a—that's a gutsy woman. What? Her husband died. God killed her husband. Okay, go down and get her. Tell her, come on here to be my wife. <laughs> that's a good story. Don't be taking nobody's wife, even if God does smile. <laughs> Woo! Thank God, I only have one. He had two. I don't know how he afforded two. He had a lot more money, didn't he? He became the king. Oh, he had a lot more wives later, but... Oh, okay. My wife said I only get one, so... So, you know what? I guarantee you, Abigail, this same woman that had that kind of guts, she probably had already got with the women. They'd probably already been praying for the men. She'd probably already been negotiating with the Amalekites. I mean, she she was a negotiator. I don't know how they saved all their lives, but she might have had something to do with it. Listen, can I tell you, ladies? Your prayers are not in vain. She no doubt thought when her husband died, now what am I going to do? Back then... Women, it was not like it is today. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? How am I going to feed my family? What's going to happen? So it was a miracle for her. Here, see, she thought she thought she was just marrying some little warrior, somebody, some outlaw, (laughs) some renegade. She had no idea she was fixing to be the princess. Listen, you don't know who you are. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a daughter of God. You're a man of God. I don't care what you feel like today. The devil may tell you you're the biggest failure ever. I'm telling you today, you're the best thing that God ever created. You were created in His image and you were created for a purpose. And you don't feel like it. But don't go by your feelings. You are who God created you to be. Your prayers are not in vain. Don't give up. The situation that made you cry until you couldn't cry no more, God can change it just like that. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. 
Now, I'm not preaching this for doctrine because this wouldn't be good. But in the blink of the eye, God can kill your idiot husband and let you be married to a king. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> don't be praying that. If that worked, I'd have been gone a long time ago. My wife always prayed for a good-looking, rich husband. She didn't get either. <laughs> I hope she's not still praying. No, I hope so, maybe, maybe I'll be rich and good-looking someday. Woo. Come on. Uh, listen, but, 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 but David, so David and his men, here they come, and their, their houses are burning, everything is done, and they weep. Uh, but listen, you're weeping. God sees you're weeping. You, you're, you, you remember... Hagar and Ishmael. Out of, that wasn't God's plan. But now, Sarah says, uh, I know it was my idea, but I don't like that woman now. Get rid of her. Now they're out in the desert about to die of thirst, starvation. And she cried. She cried. And God heard her cry. God saw her tears. I'm telling you today, God is seeing your tears. Your tears are not in vain. But listen, can I tell you, we talked about it Wednesday night. When you have those tears of of self-pity, of anger, of whatever they're from, turn them to prayer. Don't waste tears of pity. Come on, turn your tears to prayer. Amen. God sees your tears anyway. Amen. But He bottles up your tears. Amen. When they're cried in prayer. But God sees and hears your tears. Maybe it's a silent tear rolling down your cheek. When you're laying in your bed and you don't think anybody sees or knows, but it's crying out to the heavens. God sees your tears. He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. Just like Hagar, an angel appeared and God showed them water and God saved their life. And God said, my promises, I don't reniggle my promises. I told Abraham, I'd make a great nation of his children. And I'm going to keep my promise. And he did. And you all know the descendants of Ishmael are all those in the Middle East. The Arab nations. The Islamic nations. And Israel has had a battle with them from that day. It wasn't just Ishmael and Isaac that fought when they were kids. They're still fighting today. God sees your tears. God hears your prayer. Hezekiah cried out to God and prayed. He heard his tears, answered his prayers. But you know what the Lord said? He said, I wipe your tears away. Don't you just need sometimes somebody just to come wipe your tears away? Dry your eyes, give you hope. Because you, 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 you're here today and you, you know what it is to suffer loss. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was financial. Maybe it was a loved one. Maybe a husband or wife left you or, or, or passed. Maybe a child has left you or run away. Maybe your business collapsed. Maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you've been disappointed by friends and family members and co-workers. I'm telling you, in life, there's a lot of disappointments. Everything is not going in my life the way I expected or planned or dreamed. Business deals don't always go through. Cars break down. Kids grow up and get married and leave you. Dogs die. Kids come back. <laughs> yeah. Woo! That man was driving his pickup down the highway and all of a sudden, he realized, noticed a policeman behind him, red lights, and he took off. He floorboarded it. They, I mean, they had a chase all over. Finally, the guy ran out of gas. The police officer came up to him and said, Sir, 
what happened? Why did you run? I, began, I just noticed you had a tail light out and I was just going to tell you. Why did you run? The guy said, well, about two years ago, my wife ran off with a policeman and I thought you were bringing her back. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> what I did, what I want you to hear today in, in your spirit, what I want to the Lord to speak to you today, that no matter where you're at or what you're going through or what pain you've been in, physically, emotionally, financially, no matter the tears you've cried, amen, the Lord is speaking to you today and saying, do not be discouraged. We talked about it, amen, through all of Israel. They came to the promised land and ten guys with a bad report were able to discourage over a million people. I say, I'm seeing it today. You turn on your TV. You, you watch the news, everything. There's still people trying to discourage you with everything in the world. Bad news, bad news, bad news. It's constant. And because of discouragement, it said that they discouraged their hearts and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, after all that whole generation died, when they came back and it was time to go in the promised land again, the very first thing that Joshua said, Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged because God is with you wherever you go. Listen, I need you to hear today, God is with you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you rise up. Because as David was greatly depressed and distressed and discouraged and the people are going to stone him. And now he's fearful for his own life. He's lost his wives and he is weeping for them, but he's afraid that they're going to kill him too. The very last verse of 1 Samuel 30 that I just read to you a while ago says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you, there's sometimes, thank God for wives and husbands, thank God for kids, thank God for friends, because sometimes when you're down, someone around you will encourage you. But I'm telling you, if you ever get in a spot to where no one is there to encourage you and everyone is against you, David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. You've got to encourage yourself when nobody else will. Because you have a plan and a purpose. And you've got another battle to fight. And you've got a victory. And you've got a destiny. You're going to be the king. You cannot give up today. Because you're about to ascend to the throne. Even though you don't know it. Your greatest victory is around the corner. But the devil has hit you today. Trying to knock you out. To get you to quit. How did David encourage himself in the Lord? Number one, he turned to God. He prayed. We see all through Psalms. I mean, Psalms of prayer and praise. He said, I watered my couch with my tears. I wept. I mean, he, he confessed his sin. He repented often. He made a ton of mistakes. But God said he was a man after his own heart. You see, you're not a man or woman after God uh, because you've never failed, because you've never sinned. Uh, amen. But it's your willingness to turn back to him quickly and repent. Be a worshiper. David said, when I'm low in spirit. Sometimes we're low in spirit. We express, he expressed his feelings to God through prayer. He made declarations to God uh, about who God was and who He was and God's ability to protect Him. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself. Remember when David went out to fight Goliath? He said, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. <laughs> now, was he probably saying that for 
Goliath's sake, for the king's sake, for other people. I think he might have been saying it for his sake. He might have been reminding himself, Woo! I overcame that. I overcame that. I fought that battle and won. I fought that battle and won. And I'm going to win this one too. You need to make some declarations to yourself and remind yourself that you have been through some stuff before, but you're still here. Devil, I'm still here. You tried to take me out many times. God's grace is sufficient. Amen? Yes. David began to declare in Psalms 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fail. Though a host encamped against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire of His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer this tabernacle's sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. That's what you got to do when you're discouraged, when you're depressed. You got to begin to declare, it don't matter what comes, I faced all of this, but you know what? God is going to see me through. He is my light and my salvation. In whom shall I fear? It was Job in chapter 20, uh, 1925, after talking about how bad everybody was to him. I mean, everybody. His friend said, You must have done something wrong, Job. His wife said, curse God and die. After all of that, we know Job's famous words, naked I came into this world, naked I'll go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But Job declared in Job 19.25, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end He will stand upon the earth After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. It doesn't matter what happens. And if I die, my soul is saved. And I'm going to see Jesus face to face. So what's the worst that can happen to me? We go see Jesus. But you know what? I want to live every day that He has for me. But I don't want to live it Sad and depressed. David said, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. You need to say that today. I'm confident. I may not see no goodness around me today. But I'm going to see it someday. He said, wait upon the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. And wait for the Lord. You see, David prayed. He made declarations. He sang. Listen, I'm encouraging you. When you're down and depressed, come on, get on some worship music. Listen, I like all kind of music. I listen to all kind of music. I'm a flipper. It's like TV. I just flip, flip, flip. Mostly I listen to KVD, mostly country, you know, mostly... uh, uh, I I like all kind of music. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're sad, that's not the time to listen to... There's a tear in my beard and I'm crying over here. Listen, you got... Listen, you got to get on some worship. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Come on, you gotta, you got to hear the goodness of God stir up and try to sing if you can. And if you can, dance. You can't be sad dancing. And I'm going to say, I learned last week, or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when Brother Woody was here, you can't be sad eating ice cream. Cookies. <laughs> now, you eat too much of it, then you'll be sad for a different reason. 
come on, do, do something to get yourself out. I want you to listen to this. The gospel singer, uh, Travis Green, he, te- he wrote a song, You Made Away. It was written when his wife went into premature labor, 21 weeks, and the doctor said, your child's not going to live. He began to declare, you made a way. In that song, he stated uh, about breath in his son's life and in his lungs. And he began to sing. And he wrote that song and began to sing. And you know what? Amen. God brought that child through. So many things. I mean, we see a miracle after miracle. And you know what? God is no respecter of person. What he did for others, he'll do for you. When words fail, have you ever been in a place you don't even you don't have the words to say? You're so sad you don't even know what to say. Listen, you need to, you got to you, you got to get in a place with some worship. And David sang and encouraged himself in the Lord. Then David encouraged himself in his past victories. We talked about that already. Talk about the good things God has done, what, what He's brought you from, and then David. He always surrounded himself with the, he called for the priest. He called for the ephod. He called, he said, let's inquire of the Lord. Surround yourself with good people. Listen, you have pastors who love you. Most people who go through depression and discourage, whatever, sometimes you need somebody to talk to. You overcome. Through the word of your testimony. Sometimes the devil loves secrecy. Don't tell nobody. They'll think you're crazy. Don't tell nobody. You're you're, you're supposed to be up all the time. You're not supposed to have no trouble. Don't tell nobody. You're the only one that feels this way. You're the only one going through this. And you know what? When you speak it out, you find out everybody around you is going through the same thing. More people are feeling that way than you. There's something good about confession. Says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. There's something healing. A confession. Y'all know the story. You've heard my wife's testimony. She was drugged and raped in college. When she finally got up the courage to tell me before she was, we were married, she begged me not to tell anyone. That was the biggest mistake of my life. I sentenced her to 30 more years of torment, pain. And it wasn't until, and it would just come up every now and then, and she would battle that. It wasn't until I finally said, I'm telling. I'm telling the one that, the ones you didn't want to know. Then got her in counseling. And she got through that. The Lord began to heal her. You know, but it's secrecy. It's when the devil tells you, don't tell anybody. I'm telling you, if, you say, if, if you're suffering, tell somebody. Don't suffer alone. If you need to go to a counselor, go to a counselor. If you need to come to the pastor, come to the pastor. If you need a friend, if you need to go to the doctor and get some, medic, some medication, I'm not against any of that. Whatever you need to do to get yourself back up, amen, please get help. Don't suffer mental battles and, and oppression and depression and all the things that's going on silently and alone. I know, I've been there. Listen, God knows. Cry out to Him. But sometimes you've got to tell somebody else. You've got to have a brother or a sister or a friend or a pastor or a counselor, somebody that you can go to. You're not intended to carry all these things by yourself. Get help is all I'm trying to say. David, he called for the priest. Come tell me, come tell me what God, what we should do. And David cried out and said, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said, fight. Fight. Get up. Tell all your men. You are going to recover everything. It's going to be okay. I'm going to give you victory. I'm telling you, David got a word from the... One word from the Lord. 
I'm telling you, can change your whole life. Woo! David got a word from the Lord that everything's going to be okay. And he told his men, the Lord has said. And they got up and they pursued them. And they caught them. And they killed them. And they got everything back. And all of their stuff. I'm going to encourage you today. You're going to make it. Fight. We don't fight physically anymore. We're not going to go to war and go kill somebody. Somebody somebody stole something from you. Don't go take it into your own hands. Call the police. Make a police report. Let them handle it. Don't go storming somebody's house saying, Pastor said, give my stuff back. (laughs) I don't suggest you storm the house and get my wife back. Not a good thing. Let me just close. Skip a couple pages and close with this story. You've all heard it. Horatio Spafford. He wrote the beautiful song that Amy sings. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. Isn't that a great song? Wow, wouldn't you have liked to have written that song? <laughs> Some of you know his story. You're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to write that song. Let's talk about it. Horatio Spafford was a successful lawyer, a real estate investor. He lost a fortune in the Great Fire of Chicago in 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old daughter, or son, I'm sorry, son, died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some business. While they were crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio's daughters. His wife Anna survived the tragedy and upon arriving in England she sent a telegram to her husband that began by saying saved alone what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage the captain of the ship aware of the tragedy that had struck the family summoned Horatio to tell him that we're now passing over the spot where the shipwreck occurred and sunk. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down. And we sing it all the time. When peace like a river attendeth my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll. He said, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Can you say that today? Because you see, if it's well with your soul, If you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life and your sins are forgiven. No matter what happens in this life. When the sea billows roll. When the storms come. We can have a peace that flows through us like a river. And we can declare it's well. Today, everything may not be well in your home. 
in your body, in your finances, with your children. Maybe you're struggling in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions. But today I want to pray that the peace of God would flow through you like a river. I encourage you, don't suffer alone. Let cry out to Jesus today. Sing songs of praise. Remember His goodness and what He's brought you through. Inquire of the Lord. Get help. Seek help. Don't suffer alone. Let's overcome. Let's get through these battles. Let's fight together. And let's win together. And when it's our time, let's be able to say it's well with my soul. I'm ready, Lord. Whenever you're ready for me. The depression will take you out before your time. There's hopelessness comes. Suicidal thoughts come. The suicide rate is rising amongst our teenagers and ministry ministers. Hollywood. I'm going to tell you something. Money, fame, none of that brings you the peace that God brings. If you're having those kind of thoughts, those things, seek help. Come, share, let's pray. Let's get you the help you need. We can get you counseling. If you've been sexually abused, physically abused, I mean, we have avenues to get you counseling. We, 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 we know people, we can, we can do whatever. Don't suffer alone. Jesus loves you. Next week, I want to set you free from religion. Be here. Every, if you're here, get back next week. If you're not here today, get back next week. Everybody you know that should be here, let's get them here next week. Let's get our life changed. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's get our mindset changed. But today, where's Kayla? She's upstairs. No, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're watching today and or you're here and you've had an abortion. Guilt racked your mind and your heart at that loss. I want to tell you today, Jesus loves you. He forgive you. Set you free. Give your soul peace. Give your mind peace. You can see that child again. Don't be hopeless. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every suicidal thought. Ever pray any person in this building and anybody watching online. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I rebuke spirit of fear, anxiety. Depression, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. Father, that thing that has plagued that mind, that heartbreak heartache that abuse today you want to free their mind from guilt and shame and pain today you want to heal the very core of their soul today you want to remove the anger you want to cause the unforgiveness and the bitterness to be released. They're being hurt. They're being destroyed. But Father, today you love them. So many today are suffering in silence. No one wants to talk about mental health. We smile, we go on, we work. But inside, there's so many that are hurting. Today, I 
just declare that they're going to rise up in their own spirit. They're going to begin to encourage themselves. They're going to begin to declare who they are. They're a child of the Most High God. That God created them in their, His image. That He loved them so much, He died on the cross for them. They are special. They are worth the very life of the Son of God. They're not worthless. I declare hope today. Let them begin to sing songs of praise. Songs of victory. Let them begin to inquire of the Lord. Father, as they inquire of the Lord, inquire of a pastor, inquire of a counselor. Father, inquire of a doctor. Lord, as they begin to seek help, I pray that they would find the healing and the freedom for their soul. Father, today, if it's sin that's bringing shame and guilt, if it's a past lifestyle, if it's a past failure or mistake, today, you want to forgive. You want to set them free from that guilt of shame. So if you're here, if you're watching, and you have guilt from your past. Maybe you did something. I don't care if you're watching from prison and you're a mass murderer. Jesus loves you. He'll forgive you. The Bible declares if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive. Your past cannot hold you back from your future, your destiny. Today you need to give your past to Jesus. Would you just pray, dear Lord Jesus? I give my past to you. My failures. My mistakes. My sins. No matter how great. Are not too great. For you to forgive. I confess them to you. I ask you. Forgive me. Fathers, they have asked for forgiveness. You said you're faithful and just to grant that forgiveness. Now, I command the guilt, the shame of that act, of that lifestyle to be lifted off of their shoulders. Their past is forgiven. Father, I just speak joy. I speak peace. I speak hope. To those that have been abused in secret, they've never told anyone. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give them the courage to tell someone. Those that are living in abuse right now, living in fear. Because the abuser is threatening. In the name of Jesus, reveal that abuse. Give them this courage and the strength to tell someone and set them free. Get them out of those abusive situations. Bring healing to broken hearts. I rebuke the spirit of suicide in Jesus' name. You foul spirit, take your hands off God's people. Let their minds be free from those thoughts of taking their life. For their life is precious in the hands of God. Holy Spirit, wrap your arms of comfort and love around every single person in this building right now. Everyone watching online. Let them know how much you love them. Father, help them rise up and fight because they're going to recover all and you're going to take them to the throne. Take them into their destiny. Satan, you cannot break them and stop them and keep them from what God has for them. They're going to use their scars, use their test as a testimony to the faithfulness of God. Holy Spirit, do the work in their heart today. 
Just let the Holy Spirit just wash over you today. You make all things new. Give us a new heart today, a new mind, a new spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, David declared. Can everybody declare with me today, it is well. It is well. That little woman's son lay dead on the bed. She was running to the prophet of God. He said to his servant, go out there and see what she wants. Her son's laying there dead and she, he runs out there and says, what's wrong? What'd she say? It is well. See, the servant couldn't fix her problem. Just be careful who you confide in. The servant couldn't solve the problem. She just put on a smile and said, it's well. But when she got to the man of God, she fell down and said, my son's dead. He went with her, raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to declare it's well even when it's not. Knowing that God's about to turn it around. God's about to turn things around in your life. Can I get a big amen? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Come on, sing it. Come on, Miss Amy.